my friend. Welcome to Dear Matchmaker Podcast. I am the host with the most matchmaker and dating coach, Kat Cantrell. Welcome. And if you're brand new to the podcast, hello. I'm so excited you're here. Dear Matchmaker is designed for you. We want to help you have empowered dating lives and we want you to help. We want to help you find love faster. And I'm so glad you're here. I have an episode that I have never done before here on Dear Matchmaker. Something unique and very different because, okay, as a podcaster, one of my favorite things is not only helping you and giving you tools to become an empowered dater and to fall back in love with dating and help you find your forever person, but as a podcaster, I get connected to other podcasters throughout the world, not only because I'm a podcaster, but I'm an expert in my field. So people ask me as a dating expert to come, come onto their shows. And I love it because not only do I get to share the message of what we teach here to other people, but I get to connect with amazing individuals. And today's episode, I am bringing Tiana Walker from High Frequency Females podcast. But here's the kicker, my friend. She's not the guest on today's episode. I am. So Tiana had me on High Frequency Females, oh my gosh, about a month ago. And, you know, it's just like dating, like where you just meet someone and you're just like, gosh, there's something that's very special about this individual. And her and I had this instant chemistry. I could talk to her forever. I mean, not only because of her accent, because it's brilliant, right? But she's just this beautiful guiding light, just such a beautiful woman inside and out. And her and I connected and I thought that the interview, because of, she's such a good, good interviewer. And I just felt that the interview was so, it was just a great summary of my philosophy, what I teach. So if you're brand new to the show, this is like the perfect opportunity for you to kind of get a crash course on Kat Cantrell as a dating coach and what she teaches. But Tiana also brought questions from on behalf of her girlfriends, which is something that we do here on Dear Matchmaker. So I just thought that it was such a great fit. So I reached out to her and I said, hey, uh, can I take that interview and use it as a part of my show? And she's like, absolutely. So I'm excited because here on Dear Matchmaker, she's not the guest. I'm actually the guest. So it's a nice little kind of twist to uh, what we normally do here, which I have a few announcements before we dive into the interview. So the first announcement I want to make sure and let you know is that this is Dear Matchmaker. So what we do here is not only bring incredible guests to your ears, but I answer your questions. So if you have a question that you would love to have me answer, and the reason why we do this here on the show, because not only do I get to answer your question for you, but I, I bet that your question that lots of singles have this same question. And so I would love the incredible honor and privilege of answering your question here. Of course, it's completely anonymous. You can submit your question to uh, to us here at Dear Matchmaker by going to theheartagency.com. And up at the top, it says contact us or down below. Or you can contact, contact me on Instagram or Facebook in the DMs. So make sure, just reach out, ask me your question, and we can bring it here on Dear Matchmaker. So that's my first announcement. My second announcement is... Game for Love is coming back. 
Yes. Game for Love is my live dating game show that I host here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, but I'm looking for contestants, my friends. I'm looking for both men and women to be a part of this show. We had so much fun when we launched it back in March of this year that we had so much fun that people were like, when are you doing it again? <laughs> Even the singles that were involved in the first show, they're like, can we be in it again? We had so much fun. So we're bringing it back October 8th. I have a casting call that's coming up. And the best way to know about all of my events is to follow me on Facebook. Because I know Facebook, roll your eyes, but it is great for events, right? So make sure and come and follow me, Cat Cantrell or the agency, either one. And you, all of our events will be listed there. And I have a huge announcement that's coming next week. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my very special, unique one-on-one -on -one coaching program, which I'm calling The Fitting Room. So stay tuned to all of that. And gentlemen, if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, this is an interview for high-frequency females, this interview that, sh that Tiana has with me absolutely pertains to you. I highly encourage you to stick around and listen. But let me give you a little summary of what High Frequency Female Podcast is all about. So High Frequency Females is a space and time for women who are trying to live a life of a higher vibration, a space where women can be unapologetic for being their true and authentic selves and speak their truth with conviction, free of judgment and pressure. She talks to incredible women who are experts in their fields, such as psychologists, poets, personal trainers, even Reiki healers, women who can guide us on our life's journey. She also has conversations with women who have lived real and emotional experiences, experiences we need to humanize and bring light to. She wants to create a safe space for women to take their power back. Hmm. I just talked about taking your power back actually at the dating blueprint that I just had this past weekend for women. So I'm so excited that I'm actually a guest on my, on my own show on Dear Matchmaker. So ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Tiana Walker from High Frequency Females Podcast to Dear Matchmaker. I have an amazing guest. Her name is Kat. She is a matchmaker and dating coach. How are you today? I'm good, beautiful. How are you? So good. And I am so excited good. to have you on. I just think that you add so much value to this world. And, oh. you know, everyone deserves love. And I think love wins right. over yeah. all. So tell us yes. about you. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. I, I, uh, you know, it's, that's one of the amazing things about podcasting that, you know, there's times where I think to myself, oh, Maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but then it gets, then I get to connect with beautiful humans like yourself that I probably would have never been able to connect to. So I truly feel it's my honor. Um, I feel honored to be here and um, to be a part of your show. So thank you so much for having well, we me. We appreciate you um, and your time. We really do. Aw, thanks. Thanks. So a little bit about me and what I do. So like you said, I'm a professional matchmaker and I'm a dating coach. And um, my goal is to help singles find their forever person. And uh, I do this in a variety of different ways. I do this through matchmaking, through dating coaching, through singles events, through a variety of different um, webinars and seminars. And But my really my goal is, is, is just, it, it comes down to a few things. First, to get people from behind the screens and to get them into real life <laughs> because online dating, I feel like has really hurt how we interact and how we connect with one another. The second is to help people understand that 
what they're really wanting and desiring in a partner and how they want to feel like how does love feel to them and being able to figure that out and third is to help them understand that their type of person because everyone has a type usually doesn't lead to the person that should be your forever person so it's um it's amazing work i never thought if you would have asked me even a couple of years ago, if this is what I would be doing, but, um, the universe has its way to kind of hold your hand and, uh, lead you. If you're listening, yeah. if you're listening, uh, to lead you into where you're supposed to be. And so that's where I'm at now. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. So you are located in the U S but I am your content on, on all your socials. I think everyone around the world can really connect with what you've got to offer. So don't feel like oh, you have to fly you. to the U S to connect with Kat as well. She's yes. got, and she's got yes. a lot of content on her website and you can connect through her link tree and everything, which is amazing. So I have a few questions. I've racked all my single girlfriend's brains of what they want to know. And so I do have a few questions for you. Oh, I love it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, after time after time, they're dating like through Tinder and online, plenty of fish, eHarmony, you name it. Mm -hmm. What, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you know, you can meet people, but once they get that connection and like in person, they meet that person. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they don't connect. They connect virtually, but they are mm-hmm. struggling to actually get that same connection when they meet the person in real life. Like, do you find right. that? Like, or is that a common? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's Can you common. Explain that. Yeah. So the when we when we connect to someone online and say like you both swipe right you're in each other's, you start messaging each other back and forth. What I always tell singles is that from the moment you swipe to the moment that you meet in person, it should happen as quickly as humanly possible. Because when we start, we can get into texting relationships with people. So Say, for example, you, yeah, you both swipe right, you start texting, but you can't seem to connect within the first couple of weeks. So then you start texting each other back and forth and back and forth. And since you haven't connected in a physical sense, uh, or even sometimes don't even hear each other's voices or connect on FaceTime, we start to build this fake idea of who this person is since we're not able to really connect with them and feel that chemistry and to know whether or not there's a connection, we start to create this connection through texting Mm -hmm. and we start to build these ideas of who this person is. And so the longer period of time you have between the moment that you've both swiped right to the, the moment that you meet in person, the longer that is, the lesser of ability of the ability to be able to really connect in real person in real, in real time, because it becomes, you've built it up so much to be this idea of what you think it's going to be. And majority of the time it isn't. So then you automatically become deflated and you're like, oh, it's no chemistry. And I just wasted all of my time. And so what I always advise is that get off the app, get into real life as quickly as possible so that this does not happen. Yeah. Because I see it quite frequently with 
a lot it of friends are like, I'm lot. meeting this and then it just fizzles. Pretty much as soon yep. as you meet them, it's like, yep, they're not the person, but they've built themselves so much that they're almost yes. heartbroken. Yes. It's like they've they're grieving the loss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I guess as females, we want to nurture and create this life in our head. I know I scenario build all the time. So to do that in a relationship via, you know, any program or app, it's, yeah, it'd be heartbreaking. Um, another one is, you know, you meet that person, but, mm-hmm. you know, you go on a few dates and that's it. But they feel like there is a connection, but mm-hmm. they're doing something wrong. What are the sort mm. of key trends you see, you know, that people are doing wrong or making those mistakes? I think there's there's a few. There's a few. So the first is we have this, again, this fake idea due to social media, due to movies and TV that we think that the first time we meet someone that all of these fireworks are supposed to happen and it's supposed to be magical when reality is, is that you're both complete strangers. You're meeting each other for the very first time and you're both probably nervous and awkward. And really that very first meeting is just to see is this a possibility? Not this is the possibility. This is the one, but is this a possibility for me? Do, is there something about this person to where I can find a connection? And as long as there's just a little bit of something there, I always tell everyone to give it at least three dates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because truly it takes three dates to see, because the first date, is awkward, uncomfortable. Second date, you're starting to ask, you're becoming a little bit more vulnerable. You're opening self, yourself up a little bit more. And this by, and by sharing more of uh, who you are, your, your values and where do you stand on this and where do you stand? And then really the third date is when you start to have those really deeper conversations. Mm-hmm. And since we live in an instant gratification society, nobody's willing to wait that. Like everyone thinks that everything's supposed to happen so fast. Mm -hmm. Relationships don't happen that way. Mm -hmm. You have to nurture them. You have to embrace them. You have to give them time, especially if you're on the search to finding the one, let's just say, or your person. Mm -hmm. Isn't that worth investment of your time? If this is really someone that you want to spend, let's just say, the rest of your life with, why do you want to make that decision after one date or two dates? Oh, 100%. Why not take the time and really get to know the person and, and, and take a step back and not just go with your heart, but also go with your, your head. I mean, yeah. your brain, we, so many times we're leading with our heart, which is great. But at the end of the day, our brain, we need to know whether or not this person is really compatible. Mm-hmm. Do our values line up? Do our, what, what do we see for ourselves in the future? And you don't get to all of that conversation until at least the third date. Yeah. So I think that people just want to rush and there's no, this whole, like I'm wasting my time, but are you, are you really you, wasting your I time? I guess you're going to waste more time if it's the wrong person. Exactly. Yeah. And you sort so of, so you might, yes. Yeah, well, it's like you said, with the whole values, your values have yeah. to align. And so right. do you find a lot of people's, they go through this process and then say, you know, six months into a relationship, they realize their values just don't align. 
Like, how do you overcome? Yes and no. Yes and no. I think that most red flags, Mm -hmm. most of the time, this is why I say lead also with your brain, Mm -hmm. is that, and not just with your heart and what's in between your legs, (laughs) but because there's that too. (laughs) Um, Most of the time, the red flags or you get to know those things about someone relatively quickly within the first six weeks. Mm -hmm. And I think that we always want to give people the benefit of the doubt, or we just dismiss the red flag, or we think to ourselves, well, the more, the closer we get, the more they're going to see it from my perspective versus honoring the person and what they stand for and, and to listen. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's not only here's what I need and this is what I this is what I want in a relationship and these are my values and this is what I stand for, but to also listen to what they stand for too. Yeah. Because the majority of time they're going to tell you, it's just up to you whether or not you decide to listen. So it's when you're, you're not listening. So when you think to yourself that things are going to change or they're going to change, or when women say that um, I'm going to train him, Oh, that just drives me so crazy because it's not, I absolutely, that rubs me up the wrong way. (laughs) When people say that I'm like, but you're losing their essence of who they are. If you have to train someone and it's like, well, what's the point? You might as well just date a piece of cardboard for God's sakes, like, and then mold it into whoever you want. like it it annoys the crap out of me yeah and that's I mean to me that's what's wonderful about a relationship is that they bring certain aspects to the relationship you bring certain parts of you to this relationship and what you the music that you create together you don't have to be this you don't have to be the same there I mean there are some there are some uh differences that you can have that's why when people come to me they're like I'm only going to date someone with this political view and I'm like, is there a little bit of wiggle room? I mean, do they have to be all the way over here? Or could you date someone who's in the moderate zone to where yeah. you can have intellectual conversations with this person and being like, well, what is your viewpoint? I mean, and I think that that's part of it too. It's not just having the same morals and values, but also being having compromise and being open to having discussions to, uh, agree to disagree sometimes that's okay too yeah you can agree to disagree so I think that um when it's been six months I bet you that within those first in that first month they probably knew but just we'll hope what we're hoping that things would change I know that there's some there are some circumstances out there where all of a sudden something does happen but majority of the time you already know you already know. Now, now you did an amazing uh, episode on your podcast um, with attachment styles and I really I love that episode and being like when you're in a relationship versus the start of the relationship. So let's say you're at the start mm-hmm. of the relationship. How does your attachment style sort of work in when you first meet somebody and can you explain what attachment styles are? Yeah, yeah. Um. So attachment theory is based off of how we were loved as infants. Mm -hmm. So it's how we were loved as infants and how we have navigated our own romantic relationships as adults. And so there's three different styles. There's secure, there's actually four, but there's secure, Mm -hmm. there's avoidant, and there's anxious. Mm -hmm. 50% of the population is secure. 
uh, I believe 25% is avoidant, 20% is anxious, and then there's anxious avoidant. And anxious avoidant is usually people who have experienced a lot of trauma Mm -hmm. in previous romantic relationships. So when it comes to intimacy, and this is not just physical intimacy, but emotional intimacy, being able to be close to someone, letting someone in, being vulnerable. The secure attachment style is someone who isn't afraid of losing love, is someone who's very secure in how they give love and how they receive love, that the relationships don't define them, but yet they nurture them and feed them in a way to where they both have their independence, but yet they have this really healthy communication with one another. They're able to express their needs. It's it's when you hear that people are whole people and then they come together and they kind of fit into each other's lives as little like little puzzle pieces. So secure is, so you were loved. You never had to wonder where love, your love was coming from as an infant. It was always there. It was always dependable. Avoidant is when, when you were an infant that your parents were more standoff. They're probably more calculated when it came to raising you. They probably didn't show you any type of emotional uh, love. Mm -hmm. And so these types of people have learned to not rely on others, Mm -hmm. to be independent, to be self-sufficient. And even though they crave intimacy, they physically don't know how to do it because they were never given it. So avoidance are the ones that usually when they start a relationship, they want, they want to be intimate with the person. They so yearn to be loved, but the, when the threat of intimacy becomes so strong, they get scared and they, they're the way that they protect themselves and protect them. Their heart is that they push away. Mm-hmm. So these are the people that usually are only in, in relationships for like three to six months. Yeah. And at the three month mark, things are starting to get too serious, or maybe they're starting having conversations about taking it to the next level, like marriage. Uh, and they're like, these are the people that are like, I can't do this. I I need my independence or they'll start to hyper-focus on little, they'll start picking their partners apart because they're trying to find reasons on why they shouldn't be in this relationship. They're people that are always like striving for their soulmate or their, uh, twin flame or the one, the people that are like, Nope, this isn't the one, this isn't the one thinking that, miraculously, this one person is going to come from nowhere and they're going to be able to express their love the way that they want to. And so that's basically avoidance in a nutshell. And then anxious is the opposite. So when anxious, when they were little, they were loved, but it was always unpredictable. So like sometimes their parents were there and sometimes they were. So the moment when they were there, they would hold on because they didn't know when it was going. It wasn't secure. It wasn't reliable. And so they would hang on in hopes of not losing that intimacy. Mm -hmm. So as adults, when it comes to anxious, they're the ones that they are warm and loving and open. They're the ones that share everything with you right away. Intimacy is not a problem with them, but the problem is, is that once they get, once they start getting love and intimacy from somebody, then they hold on. And if they hold, when they hold on, they feel like the the tighter of a grip, Mm -hmm. the less the person will go, will disappear. But the opposite usually ends up happening where 
they're so worried about losing this love Mm -hmm. that they're the ones that if you don't text them at a certain time, if you don't respond to their phone call at a certain time, they're the ones that need more reassurance that the person isn't going anywhere. The person is always there for them. And when it comes to anxious, they just need to have that reassurance that I'm here for you. This is, you know, we're in a relationship. If I can't get back to you, it's because in I'm usually in a meeting, yep. <laughs> those kinds of things. So um, the problem with the problem when it comes to dating is that the avoidant and the anxious are actually really attracted to one another. Yeah. So you could see that it's like a recipe for disaster to where they start the relationship and they're, they both start, they get to know one another. And then the anxious starts to like, okay, this is something, this is something for real. I'm going to hold on even tighter. Well, the moment the anxious holds on, then the avoidant goes, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I need space. I need time to think, uh, maybe this isn't for me. And so it becomes like this cat and mouse where the anxious feels like they have to chase and the avoidant has to, is pushing away. And it's just, is a never ending cycle between the two of them. So it's important to know your attachment style. And there, I think it's important to mention too, you're, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Whether you're an avoidant or anxious, that's not, this isn't to say that there's something wrong with you. The reason why I feel that this is so important, especially in the work that I do, it's just awareness. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like with both styles, they feel like that there's something wrong with them. They're like, why can I not be in a serious relationship? Or why do I freak out when I don't get a text message every hour? This explains to them a little bit more why they're behaving the way that they're behaving. And when you have this awareness going into relationship and you start to see these triggers inside of you, you can go, okay, this is why I'm doing this. And being able to communicate to your partner, like if you're an avoidant, you could communicate to your partner being like, look, I need space. I need time right now. This is why these, and, and to give the anxious reassurance being like, I'm not going anywhere. This doesn't mean that we're breaking up. It just means that I need some space. And the anxious being like, I need that reassurance. I need you to tell me that this is, you know, that this is, uh, that you're not going anywhere, that this is, that we're committed to one another. And so by communicating, knowing your style and communicating with one another, it sets you up for to have your relationship succeed versus not addressing the issues and just not understanding why you're reacting the way that you're reacting. Mm-hmm. So whew, that's a long explanation, but it's like, there's like books and books and books about it, but it, that's basically, that's basically a summary yeah. in a nutshell. So, yeah. yeah. And so how does your attachment style when you first sort of meet someone, is it something people can mask quite easily and it's not until you're in it a little bit? I would say yes, absolutely. Um, Because the newness of getting to know someone is super exciting for both partners. Mm -hmm. It's not until the relationship starts to progress. Mm -hmm. It's not that you're masked. It's just that you're both, you're not, you're not the, you're not getting close to one another yet, right? You're two strangers who are starting to get to know one another. So there's no threat there. There's Mm -hmm. no necessarily that you haven't completely opened up to one another to let each other in it's when it starts to progress Mm -hmm. that it's not that the masks come off it's just that the with when the relationship gains momentum Mm -hmm. and you're getting closer 
that's when the attachment styles become engaged or disengaged. And so when you're anxious and you feel someone pulling away, your attachment style becomes engaged. So they're not, you're not engaged or disengaged when you first meet each other. It's not until you get to know one another and you start establishing in a relationship, then both, both styles get triggered and it starts to come out at that point. Yeah. So if yeah. someone is, you know, dating and dating, um, but then they're just like, okay, I need to maybe self-reflect. Is that something that a lot yeah. of people do? Because a lot of people will keep like looking for external happiness. Is it something yes. that's like internal self-love where it all starts? And do you deal yes. with that quite a bit? I do. Um, and there's even times where I tell clients they're just not, they're not matchable right now. Yeah. Because they're searching for something there's, they, they believe you should never be searching for a partner mm -hmm. when you're not living your own, the life that you deserve to have. Yeah. You cannot bank that you're going to have the life that you want or deserve when a partner comes into it. Mm -hmm. It's up to you to live your life to the fullest as a single person. And I know this sounds so cliche. I know that people hear about this all the time, but it really is true because if you're going to put so much weight and emphasis on your partner and put them on a pedestal, ultimately that relationship is going to crash and burn yeah. because you're going to put so much of your vow, who you are as a person into that relationship versus being two complete, indivi complete individuals who live and are continuously living their own lives, but are embracing and becoming more intertwined with one another. If your life becomes someone else, then that's when you need to reflect. And I think knowing that again, knowing that and saying to yourself, it's okay to take a break. You don't have to date all the time. You can take a break and take some time for yourself and be able to reflect and to figure out what it is that you really want. Cause I think this whole like dating until you figure it out is not a good, <laughs> it's not a good method either. Yeah. You have to have a deeper understanding of knowing what you want. And the only way of knowing what you want is by knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And sometimes we don't even know that. Yeah. So I think, um, I've had clients come to me where I won't, I won't help them find a match. I'm like, I call it uh, the fitting room. Yeah. So women come to me and I'm like, well, you're, you're going to be in the fitting room with me for a while. Let's talk about this. Let's yeah. talk about, let's, let's give you a break from dating. Let's figure out who you are and what you, you know, what are your hobbies? What are the things, what are your passions and focus on that first. And then the rest will follow because who you allow into your life when you're incomplete is mm -hmm. totally different on who you're going to let in your life when you are loving and nurturing yourself. Yeah. So yeah. if someone were to go see a matchmaker like yourself, what is yes. the process? Like, do like, I want to know. I'm so it's, <laughs> it's not a huge thing here in Australia to see a matchmaker. Yeah. So yeah. And it's like very like in the movies kind of thing. And you know, that mil totally. millionaire matchmaker, I was obsessed by yes. that, that show back in the day, but it was kind of crazy. Right. I don't think I could put crazy. up with that matchmaker. What, what was her name? <laughs> I would have been like, you Daddy? serious? Yeah. Like, Daddy. I, yeah. like, I love her, but I'm just like, that's mean. <laughs> but 
But sometimes yes. people need hard truths too. So I get that side they of it do. as well. <laughs> they do. Uh, so every matchmaker is different. So yeah. I think it's important to mention that every matchmaker has her own uh, ways of matching, matching up couples. So for me, my, my process is, it's a couple of different things. So I have both my client. So my client, when I take them on, I put them through a series of tests, Mm -hmm. personality tests, attachment style. That's really important of knowing that. And also their values, knowing their core values, sitting down with them, figuring out really not vanity, Mm -hmm. like what are you seeking in a partner as far as what they look like, but who they are at the core, like, who are you truly seeking out in a, in a partner and how do you want, how do you express love? Um, there's another test that I also do, which is called, I know you've heard the love languages, Yes, yeah. but there's also one, um, that I've recently discovered that's called the seven love styles. So they've now developed two more that they included in the original five. So there's really seven. So I think just for me, it's gaining as much knowledge as I can about my client, and then finding when I'm, when I'm on the mission to find them a match, it's connecting also with that match, their attachment style, mm-hmm. knowing what their core values are, knowing what their personality is because opposites do not attract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some do, it depends on, but if you're an extrovert and you think, oh my gosh, I'm so extroverted, I need an introvert to ground me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. You need to have someone who's somewhat similar to you because if you're an extrovert and all you want to do is go out and meet friends and you're connected to an introvert and all you want to do is stay home and Netflix, there's going to be some, there's going to be some conflict in that. So it's knowing their personalities, knowing their attachment style, knowing their core values, knowing their love languages. And then I put them through an interview process. Because I want to get their energy too and sit them down and to know more about who they are, what are they looking for, because I really want to set the both up for success. So once I figure and then background checks, of course, I mean, every I've met every matchmaker I've I've met does background checks. So background checks, again, is something we don't do here because our privacy, we can't just readily grab people's information. Oh, wow. Even with their permission? No. Well, you would have to go through the police and actually get like stat decks and stuff like that. Yeah, because it's, yeah, you can't just look people's even phone, mobile numbers up or emails or anything at all. Like you, unless they're listed and they've chosen to be listed with like white pages, you can't get that information. Huh. So that's, you've just blown my mind. I'm like, background checks and I always see that on reality tv shows with and sorry sorry to interrupt you with your process but do you ever find anything like really scary or creepy in their background checks I'm a crime junkie (laughs) I haven't yet I've been really lucky I did have one uh potential match that I was thinking about connecting to someone else and he was completely transparent with me and he told me that he had um a DUI yep so like when you, when you tell them that you're going to run a background check, if they're an honest individual, they're going to be like, Hey, look, these are the things that you're going to find. And to me, that's a, a you know, that's an opportunity to have a, an honest conversation. Mm-hmm. And, um, but 
other than that, I've majority of people that I work with are very lovely and they have, Mm -hmm. you know, their background checks. There's, I don't run credits. There's even some people that run credit checks. Like you can do that too. Holy crap. Australia. No, no. Unless you're a bank (laughs) and you're trying to buy a house. No. (laughs) Yeah. So you can, and then we do sex offender. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's important. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. So with all of that information, um, I don't share photos. Okay. Yeah. So like when I find a match, because we already, like I told you how, when you're texting each other back and forth, you're creating this like story in your mind of who this person is. I don't, I want, I don't want them to already start that yes. process of thinking that they already know who they are by a picture. I want them to trust me in the process. Mm -hmm. And so when they get set up on a date, they don't know what, what, um, what, what one another looks like. And yeah. So then I just set them, I, I do the date, I find the restaurant, I make the reservations and I just tell them both to show up and to give them my name. And then they meet each other for the first time. That's so so cool. That is so cool. And, um, do you, uh, do you know what picture just popped up into my head is you like getting two photos of these people and making them kiss? Like almost like manifesting it. (laughs) I don't know why that popped into my head. I'll be sitting in my office being like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I love it. No, that's actually probably something I would do. Yeah. 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 And do you know what, what was really weird is that uh, well, like as per our conversation last week, um, you know mm-hmm. that I'm quite woo-woo and I love that sort of yes. side of things. And I was getting ready and I was a bit drowsy. So I'm like, while I put my makeup on, I'm just going to put Netflix on my phone. Oh. And then the perfect suggestion was how to lose a guy in 10 days popped up. So I don't know if that's like the universe like saying, okay, I've got to ask some questions about what are women doing that make you lose guys in 10 days not that it's really 10 days but what are things that women are doing wrong once they get into the dating relationship I think and does it come back to the you know attachment styles again yeah I'm nodding my head sorry yes it, it does it's again we put so much weight it's if you're not coming from a spot of knowing who you of living a a fulfilled life on your own when you are dating in a mindset of scarcity Mm -hmm. meaning I'm just going to grab on to the first thing that comes my way that way I'm I'm in a relationship um when you try to put so much weight into that relationship when you put the other person and this goes both men and women Mm -hmm. it's it was probably targeted to you because Netflix knows you're a woman. Yeah. But like, I mean, men can do this too, to where you put the other person so much on a pedestal and the other person becomes your life. Mm-hmm. That is so much pressure to put on someone's shoulders. Mm-hmm. If you're on the receiving end yeah. where this person that it's your job to make them happy. It's your job to entertain them. It's your job to make sure that they are living a fulfilling life. Like that's not a partnership. And this is why we're talking about to, to refer to your earlier point of the loving yourself. If you're loving yourself and you come across that person, you're not going to completely dive into that relationship and do everything you can to hold on to it. Mm -hmm. You're going to nurture it. 
you're going to get to know the person as you're continuously living your own life. So to me, the warning signs for that is, have you dropped everything to be with this person? Are you not talking to your friends anymore? Have you uh, completely given up on your passions in order to be with someone? Like these are all, like you have to have enough awareness within yourself Mm -hmm. to say, okay, what's going on? The whole losing yourself in the process. Mm -hmm. If you're starting to lose yourself in a relationship, then it's time to reassess that relationship and to reassess yourself because you can push someone away. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's turn it around. What can we yeah. do better in relationships? Ah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like where you go with this. You're such a good interviewer. Well. I love it. Um, so on the flip side of that, um, don't put so much weight into meeting people. Don't, to me, dating is dating. Like dating is, you're supposed to have a lot of horrible first dates, by the way. Mm-hmm. You you are. I mean, yeah. that's part of the, the process. You're two strangers. You're getting to know one another. And sometimes it goes really well. And sometimes it doesn't. And it's giving yourself grace in that process and being like, okay, this isn't, this isn't my person. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that it's not your person. So not putting so much weight into dates making sure that you are filling your own cup, whatever that looks like to you, whatever your passions are, whatever, uh, to me, it's going out with your friends. It's doing things that bring you joy because the, believe it or not, the more joy that you're creating in your own life, the more that joy is going to be attracted to you. The more you're loving yourself and loving your own life, the more love is going to come knocking at your door. There's so many times where I've, I mean, cause people are like, how do you meet how do you meet people in real life? I'm like, well, first you got to get out. (laughs) You got to leave your house and you do things that you love doing. And it's not necessarily to meet someone, but you may meet someone who knows someone who's like, Hey, you might be a really good fit for this person. So when you are living a life of love and joy, it's going to be attracted to you. When you, when you try to hold on to something so tightly, you're going to take the air out of it. And we don't want to take the air out of dating. We want you to enjoy it. We want you to have, have fun with it. We want you to flirt with it. We want you to enjoy the process and not give it so much power over your life that it dictates to you on how you feel about yourself. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Do you know I've only been on one date before? And I'm 36 what? years old. Yes. Are you serious? Yeah, just one. And now I've been with him for almost eight years now. I've had boyfriends, but I was so secure in myself that I didn't ever need somebody. It was just... Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I've always had um, long relationships, but I was always so secure with myself. And so how I met my partner randomly was that, you know, I'd just broken up with a partner and my friend had flown. I was living in Brisbane at the time. She'd flown down and uh, with her partner and just like, oh, we've got someone you might meet. And I was like, that I might suit. And I was like, and she's like, yeah, he kind of looks like Chris Hemsworth and um, Channing Tatum mixed together. And I was like, but I was like, I don't need no man. I'm happy with who I am. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, that night I'm on my phone and stalking him as I do. Anyway, I dropped my phone on my face and when I picked it up, I've added him as a friend on Facebook. And I was like, shit, never met him. And he was like, okay. Um, he accepted my friend request after a few days um, and then he had asked my friend's, my best friend's partner, you know, who's Tiana Walker? I was like, oh, that's, you know, Shelley's best mate. She's really good. So then, yeah, he just started talking to me and he lived in Cairns. I lived in Brisbane, um, which is about a 19-hour drive, um, if you were to drive, a two-hour oh flight. Gosh. And, um, yeah, he wanted to move out of Cairns and he ended up moving to Brisbane and yeah and that's we started talking online uh briefly just text messages but then he started calling and I pretty much um before he moved I was like yeah I'm gonna go home I'm gonna visit because I'm from Cairns originally I'm gonna fly home to Cairns and then we met straight away and um like I had built it up in my head like I said I scenario build and yes but he was going to walk in and meet me at this bar and I was with friends. It was like that he knew as well, but um, my friends saw him first and it's like, oh, he's just walked in. And I thought, I'm going to I'm gonna walk straight up to him. And so I sit, like saw him before he saw me and I just went straight. I'm like, hello. And he just said that he was just so shocked and was just happiness filled him. So... So, yeah, and then we've been together ever since, essentially. So, yeah, it was just crazy. But I totally get why meeting someone straight away is really important. So, And we were, yeah, like I said, it was like a two-hour flight or a 19-hour drive apart. But if I was, you know, wanted anything more, I was going to have to make that effort to see where it was going to go. And right. it worked out for the both, you know, I put my heart out in the line, but I was still so secure in myself that, you right. know, I was flying home not just to see him, but to also to see my friends and my family. So, you know, I wasn't just flying to see him, but I knew that I needed to make that effort if I wanted to see it go any further. So, yeah, that's our um, little love story. <laughs> I love it. And you bring up a really good point. Like, you have to put in the effort Yeah. too. It's not just it's going to happen in the first couple of dates. Mm -hmm. You have to make an effort to really get to know someone. If you feel that it could possibly go somewhere, you can't expect them to do all the work. Definitely. You also have to show up for them and to let them know that you're interested and let them know that you're willing to put in the effort to get to know them and that's what you did I love it I'm so happy for you yeah Yeah. and so I he is a introvert I'm an extroverted introvert if that makes sense so I can talk to people out there Mm -hmm. but god I love being home and watching Netflix like oh I love a good set of pajamas and like freshly washed sheets and I just love that and he loves watching his UFC at home so it's great perfect yeah it's a good it's yeah. a, it's a, just enough of see it's just enough of a difference yeah that it works for you yeah, yeah. and even in our relationship um I've learned so much from him and he's learned so much from me because we do have different ways of expressing ourselves and it is having that mutual respect about yes. what he needs and what I need so that love language right. is so important because 
it sort of empowers you the more knowledge you have about relationships and love languages so I can make sure his cup's full and vice versa as well and and you know loving each other the way that we want as well I think is beautiful it is beautiful and I mean, that's, I mean, you've been together for almost eight years, you said? Yeah, yeah. Eight years in September. Oh my gosh. So my partner and I were eight years in August. Oh, amazing. I know. (laughs) So was it 2014 was a good year for us? It was. It was a good year for (laughs) us. It was a good year. Yeah. Yeah. But I think um, you you said it so beautifully and I, I think we don't, it's it's been proven that it takes really three years mm-hmm. to see all parts of us yeah. uh, when you're with someone. And because in three years, so much can happen mm-hmm. in your life in three years. And to me, if you can get through that three year, like that three year mark and that you're continuously still getting closer and building on that relationship, then I in the communications there, then you're. Yeah setting yourself up for success there was also like justin is his name um he there's a lot of things that you know like he loves to you know have drinks and that kind of thing where i don't drink a lot um you know i'll have my occasion champagne on the other side's a different story if i've, I've got my <laughs> moe or my verb i'm a very happy girl but um <laughs> i don't go home and have a few drinks every day where he did and okay. that was something that mm-hmm. i had to kind of accept with you know, that is part of him and, you know, how he grew up and how I grew up was very different as well. So, um, you know, we did butt heads quite a bit with that to be, you know, to start with. But, you know, it wasn't a um, something that I would, you know, end the relationship on. So it, it was something that we had to work through and communicate through. And not that I want to compromise my values, but, you know, I had to accept a lot of things as long as it didn't become a problem, obviously, not an alcoholic right. or something. But, you exactly. know, it is that give and take, you know, that is part of him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he has to accept that, you know, I don't love that all the time either. And it's not that right. I'm trying to mould him into something else, which I think at the start that's – and even myself, I probably did try and – do that and mold him to not not drink but there came a point that I'm like no that's part of who he is and I need to respect that so having that self-reflection as well in myself I think is super important super important it is and you have to it's not it's not um I think that we think we always want to think that we're always in the right yes that it's our way and that's it. Yeah. And to, I mean, that's, that shows signs of maturity that shows signs of emotional intelligence of just being able to, as long as it doesn't disrupt your relationship. Mm-hmm. And as long as it's not um, hurting it in any way where, you know, it's like having girls trips or, or guys trips, right? It's the same kind of thing. Like if you, if you start to date a guy who loves to golf, and when you first get to get, you first get together and you notice, okay, he, he really likes to golf. Yeah. And then as your relationship continues and it starts to build and you're like, gosh, he, he golfs a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're like, he golfs <laughs> a lot, but yet he's always been a golfer. Yeah. Right. So you yeah. can't go to him and say, I need you to stop golfing because it's bothering me. Yeah. As long as like 
you're open and you're communicating and you understand too, this is a part, just like you said, this is a part of who they are and it's, you can't, it's not your job to change it, to change them. It's up to them when you, if something bothers you so much, it's, it's your, it's, you have to be your own advocate. They can't read your mind. They don't know what you're thinking. You have to bring it to the table, no matter how much. And everyone says, I hate conflict. Everybody hates conflict. Mm -hmm. I've never met a person that's like drama, bring it on. Like there's not, we don't, we don't want conflict in our lives, but it's up to you to sit them down and say, Hey, no matter how uncomfortable that conversation is being like, Hey, this is, I want to have us to have a conversation about this. This is bothering me. And you listening to what they have to say. And I think, you know, without getting into too much about like toxic relationships and there's a lot of checks and balances with all of that. But I, um, I just, yeah, I, I think that just understanding what that compromise is, but in a healthy compromise to where you're not compromising who you are as a person and your, what your, like you said, your morals and values, if you feel that you're still getting that within the relationship, then it's, it's worth making compromises for, for sure. Yeah. Oh my God. I've loved having you on today. Ah! I just, I could talk to you forever. I could talk to you forever. So what do you want women to know? What is your last bit of advice for, well, not just Mm -hmm. women, but human beings? Like what would you just love for them to know? Oh my gosh, there's so much that I, you know, I, I've been, I'm just going to tell you what's on my heart because that's just, I've been having a lot of conversations with people that think that they're destined to be single forever. And I, I want to be the voice that tells you that you're not, Yeah. that there is love. There's love waiting for you. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it's your decision on whether or not you are, are allowing it in. It's your decision on what you're swiping left on. It's your decision on who you're allowing into your life. Mm -hmm. But know that every person deserves love. Definitely. Every person deserves to have a partner. Mm -hmm. And we're designed that way. Mm -hmm. We we're just as humans, when we're with partners, we're healthier, we're happier, our blood pressure goes like we're literally healthier humans when we're with someone the right someone of course so if you're listening to this and you think that you're destined to be single you're not yeah i promise you that love is there for you i promise it's there and it's waiting yeah amazing thank you so much now where can the listeners find you oh thank you so much um so you can find me so i have a website which is called theheartagency.com i am uh on in late june I am doing a free workshop on attachment style on attachment theory. So we can dive in a little bit more about that. It's completely for free. There'll be more details on my website. So please make sure and go there. And then I love uh, Instagram. Yeah. So you can follow me personally at Kat Cantrell and it's Kat with the C. I do all kinds of fun things over there and so check out her reels there. her reels i think she should be like in la like just gonna be on on tv i really think you have to have your own show you're h- absolutely hilarious hilarious i love oh them my gosh. 
Thank you, girl. Love them. Thank you. Love that means them. a lot. And yeah. obviously, once you do your workshop, I will put it on all of my socials as well as Thank the High you. Frequency Females website as well because, you know, we want to share the love. And like Kat said, we all mm. deserve a life that we deserve, essentially, and yes. we deserve love. We do. All right, my friend. Thank you for being here today. I am just so thrilled and honored that Tiana allowed me to share her interview uh, here at Dear Matchmaker. So a huge, gigantic thank you, love, appreciation, and big squeeze to my new friend in Australia, Tiana. So thank you so much, my love. And as a reminder, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or any of your streaming platforms, why haven't you subscribed? First off, because obviously you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, this is such a great, such a great show and I can really benefit from it. And Kat's super awesome. Yeah. So make sure and subscribe. And if you haven't rated, you can just go up to the top and just get a five stars. That's it. I would love it and be honored if you would do that. And of course, if you want to write a review, I'm all about that too. So make sure and do that. So that's the first thing. Second thing, if you have Facebook or Instagram, come and follow me. I do reels and I do great advice in my Insta stories and all of the things. So come and follow me on Facebook at Cat Cantrell. All right, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. And remember, true love is waiting for you. And I will see you next time. <laughs>